0: Good morning, church family. Uh, I always love this this Sunday because so many of you who are back in town visiting are with us, and uh, it's just good to see you. Even if I don't get a chance to talk with you, it is so good to see you. And I want to welcome everybody who's watching us. Maybe some of you are traveling and you're tuning in uh, to see how things are back in Fort Smith with your with your West Ark family. We love you too. Um. I'm going to miss these decorations on this stage. I want to thank those who put all of this together. Uh, You've made this very, yes, that's appropriate. It's very, very cheerful and bright. And let me tell you, I saw this week, there's some hard work going in to keep these plants going, okay? Um, And and yet, and today we don't have to worry about it being super freezing cold. Oh, thank you, Lord, uh, for that. Now, uh, I do need to tell you, uh, from the ones who set this up, and these are memorials to those uh, who have passed on this year. But if you purchased one of these, you should come up today and take this home with you. I have not said the name of the plant, because I don't know if it's a poinsettia or a poinsetta. Now, but let's just stop judging people who say pecan and, and and saying that it should be pecan let's first figure out what this plant is called and then we can move on to the name of pecans or pecans or whatever so come get your poinsettia or if you got a poinsettia come get it and we need you to uh, take that home today but thank you everyone for making this wonderful you know next sunday it would be great we're going to start a series, we're going to start an emphasis in this church on reading God's word, on knowing God's word, on living God's word. If you have that gift or talent for making this area up here look interesting, okay? If you, if you just feel inspired to do that and you've got that gift, do something with God's word or scripture. All right, I'll leave it to you. God'll provide. Now, um, I do need to point out also that um, Ethan reminded me of this, we have canceled services for February 31st, um, it, um, some of you are still catching up on that one, and we, we can't find it, but he is right, uh, if we ever have a Sunday on February 31st, it'll be a good day to praise the Lord, uh, because this is the day that the Lord has made we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I, am, um, I want to use this opportunity to wrap up Second Thessalonians and in emphasizing that what a model church is that we see in Scripture, we know now what kind of church we have been by God's grace. And what kind of church we can continue to be by God's grace, a model church, a church that models and puts into practice the teaching of the gospel and the teaching of God's word. 2 Thessalonians 3, and I'm just going to read the first five verses, says, finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you. Verse 2, pray too that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people, for not everyone is a believer. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. And we're confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do The things we commanded you. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. These are God's words. These are the words of the writers to the Thessalonian church, and they continue as God's inspired word to us. Would you pray with me? Father, we ask that we will take these words to heart and that we will be praying for one another. We will be praying that the gospel spreads out and extends to all parts of the world, but Father, just right in our own neighborhood, right in our own homes where we live and dwell, let us see Your Word grow and bring back its increase to You. Father, we, uh, we pray for protection and endurance. Keep us strong in the face of the evil one knowing that you write the final chapter of this world. And we can trust in you in all things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, as you think about the celebration of the birth of Christ, whether it was December 25th or not, uh, is, is truly irrelevant. But it is an event; it is a moment that is mentioned in Scripture, and it's discussed, and in being told and discussed, and part of the, the the message of the Gospels, Matthew and Luke in particular. We find that Jesus is not born once upon a time in a faraway land, you know, in 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 you know somewhere around the corner of the the rainbows and over the the hills of timbuktu it's not that but rather it's a very specific time and it keys in on locations that would have been well known and are even known to us today but this would have rung with significance and so you have a particular time if not a particular date but a particular time, and you have dates, and you have locations with these things. Christ is born during the rule of Augustus, and we know the dates of Augustus's rule. He was born when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and we know when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And he was born in the city of Bethlehem, and we know where that city is. And then Christ suffered under Pontius Pilate. We know who that is. He was a governor of a specific region at a specific time. And Christ is crucified on a hill that has a name, Golgotha, and you can locate it. We know where it is. And the story of God intervening in this world through Jesus Christ is told as events that happen with significance during a time, during certain dates certain locations. And yes, it has ramifications for the whole world. But it's not a fanciful tale. But rather, it's the working of God in what we call human history. In the events and the movements of politics and people and cultures and nations in this world. Now, if that's true of the birth of Jesus coming into this world, of His ministry in this world, of His death, His crucifixion, His resurrection, then He will return at a real point in time. You see, I think that for me, the, the lesson that I've gained from these letters to the Thessalonians is to remember that even though it didn't happen as soon as they thought it would happen, Just like Jesus entered this world in particular circumstances and places, events in history, in the same way, He will return. It's at a time. Now, we're not given a date for that. But there will be a time for that. And God will choose the time. And He will set the time. Just as He has done all along with His action in this world. And as for the place and the location, well, it's ultimately global, but it will happen in real places, at a real time, and we won't have to guess or wonder what it is. Keep that in mind, because if we know what's happened, then we know what to expect. And when we keep our focus on this future, it keeps us from getting distracted by other futures that are not really the end. See, I think that in, in, in Christian practice, we get, we get distracted by two things. One is we get so caught up in figuring out when the return of Christ will be. So we start looking at events. We start looking at things and saying, hey, this is happening in the Middle East. Hey, this is happening, and Nostradamus said it would. Hey, this is happening over here. And if you decode the Bible and and run the words backwards and put it on a turntable and run it backwards, it will give you the precise date. And we get all caught up in that stuff, and we say, is this the end? Is this the end? Is this the end? And Jesus is constantly telling his disciples, and we're being told, you don't need to be concerned with that you just need to know that it's gonna happen and then you'll be ready you'll always be ready if you're ready today and keep doing what you're doing you'll be ready now that's one extreme the other extreme is to sort of imagine that well you know it's an idea that's out there and a lot of uh, preachers and teachers have used it to scare people to say look out you know he's gonna catch you here comes Christ it's the second coming and the more it's become that, it's become sort of like a um, a popular song, oh, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Yeah, that's right. The counter is reset, kids, it's all, now you got 364 days. But you see, when we do that to ourselves as adults, then we disconnect from that future and instead the future scenarios that we look at have to do with you know, growing up, getting married, making money, getting to retirement, you know, all of these things, doing our bucket list. And we get so caught up in those things that we think that's our future and we can look no further than the grave even though we claim to be a people of the resurrection. Both of those extremes are a pitfall. Instead, we need to have the view that God has done something in history, he is doing something in history, and he will do something in history, and you and I are invited to be participants in that. Time, date, location. Well, what does it mean to be participants in that? I mean, let's say that we, let's say that we accept that. Well, now what? Well, now what is we're vigilant. We're vigilant in prayer. We've got something to do. And prayer is part of that. You'll notice here that at the end of this letter, the writers say, pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and gain a serious hearing. You know? People say, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, is it really possible to have global events? I mean, is it really possible for this to happen? Hey, last two years have taught us that there is indeed the possibility of having something that can happen that is global, Okay? Whether it's a virus or it's a supply chain or whatever, we've learned that we're all interconnected. Now, I'm telling you, if that can happen with those things, it can happen with God's Word. It can happen. Um, we need to pray that that continues to happen. Now, now you, you might have the opportunity to share and spread God's Word right here in your local you know, reach. And that's, that's good. Somebody needs to. But the Lord is going to send that word out, and he's going to make it come back with what he wants. And I love the fact that the writers say we really want it to gain a serious hearing. This isn't drive-by evangelism, okay? Hey, you better accept Jesus right now, okay? I'm going to get off this plane, never see you again. Here it is. This is what they experienced. Paul, Silas, and Timothy experienced with the Thessalonians. It's like we, we ended up coming to you. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know the gospel was going to go out to Macedonia. We mentioned this to you. You heard it. You took it seriously. And even though our plans were derailed and we had to leave you, you have put this into practice and you've become a model church. Do you understand that the Thessalonian church was an infant church by, by any measure? Certainly by our measure. I mean, we've celebrated hundreds of years of Christian teaching. We've got a plaque outside that says that this congregation started up somewhere in 1983. uh, 80, 83 in that time frame. And it was the result of a merger of two congregations that existed before that. Boy, we've been at this for a while. And they had been at it for three months or so. Not even a whole year. And they don't have a lot of examples to look at. But they take the Word seriously. They take that teaching seriously. And they are a model church. Now if they can do it, we can do it. If they can be vigilant in prayer, we can be vigilant in prayer. Pray that we'll be rescued from sinful faithless people. That's the other prayer request that they make. Not just harm, not just people who would do us harm, but I think a prayer that the sinfulness and the faithfulness in this world will not make us settle into to other ways of doing things. Now, I love the, fray, the, the old saying that, uh, you know, listen, if you, if you want to stay above the fray, then don't dance to the tune they're calling. Do you understand that? I mean, sometimes what gets us in so much trouble is not our own action, but when somebody's out to get us or when somebody makes life difficult, what we do is we play the game. How often does this happen at the holidays? You've got that difficult person there. And that difficult person is a problem enough, but then when we get down on their level, we are dancing to the tune that they're calling And if we start dancing to the tune that this world calls, then we're not going to be following Jesus. We're going to be reacting. And that is how we can fall into the pit of sinful, faithless people, a pit that we need to be rescued from. But will we? Will we be vigilant in prayer? Christ asked his disciples to stand and watch and pray on the night that he was arrested and handed over to the religious authorities. He was thinking that in some way that that, that by that happening, that would become God's will. He's trusting. All he wants is for his disciples, the people that he had traveled with, to be there with him, to stay awake and pray. Pray that he just endures and makes it through this because he knows somehow this will be God's will. And they can't do it. They won't do it. And then it's too late. It's not too late for us. We can be vigilant in prayer. Christ still wants us to pray with him, to pray for one another. And we even have more to go on than his disciples. (laughs) This is where I think the message of the model church tells us that a model church is a church that knows how to endure. You know, one of the things I love about this church family is for the last two years, we were thrown things that no one expected. I was listening to a video the other day. Uh, some of you may know of Rick Atchley. He's uh, the preacher at the, um, the Hills Church in, in Fort Worth. And he said, I've been in ministry for a long time, and the last two years have certainly been the most difficult in all that time. And yet, the church has endured. You know, There's so many things that we've worried about that, well, this is going to be the end of the church, and this is going to be the demise of the church. No, it's not. It may rattle us. It may shake us up. We may come out of it with scars and scratches, beaten up and bruised. But this is God's church, and it won't be gone until He calls us home. It's this endurance That I think we need to look at because there's some assurances that ought to give us the reason to endure. The one who stepped into history is still watching over us. You know, history didn't end when Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. Sometimes we get this idea that it's like, okay, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna put the tape on pause, and then when you know, everybody's least expecting it. We're going to hit play again. No, he's still working the music along the way, and it's going to crescendo to get to that point where it all sums up. The one who stepped into history, Jesus Christ, is still watching over us. And this is, <clears throat> this is no time to be idle. This is no time to give up. You read the rest of chapter 3, and he talks about those who are idle, those who are saying, ah, you know, we're just giving up. They're either giving up on Christianity or they're giving up on making a living for themselves. They're thinking, you know, Jesus is coming back soon. We might as well retire and kind of, you know, bum off the relatives for a while and then see what happens. And he's saying, no, 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 no. That's not your calling. Your calling is to be faithful until God writes the final chapter, until he finishes the symphony. Then, then we get to rest. But in the meanwhile, let's keep doing good. I like the way the King James says it in Galatians 6. Do not get weary with well-doing. It's so alliterative. Weary with well-doing. You know, if there's one phrase we understand in the church, it's weary with well-doing. We will well-doing ourselves into weariness, and boy, we can, we can, well, we can make it work. We can make joyous things work work you know and and somehow then i think we think there's a virtue in that you know i'm serving jesus with a smile on my face because you're supposed to suffer you know and and none of that is helpful useful or good in fact what they're doing when they get weary with well-doing is they're giving up it doesn't have to be that way there's a good chapter to end the story and in galatians 6 9 he goes on to say If we don't faint, we're going to reap a harvest. Don't give up. Don't give up on the farm. Because there's going to be some produce. In chapter 3 of 2 Thessalonians, uh, he says, never tire of doing what is good. You know, we ought to look at the bad things that happen as an opportunity to do good. As an opportunity for adventurous good. Because we know how it all ends. We know what to expect. Today is December 26, and it is a holiday in some countries. It's called Boxing Day. It's not a celebration of Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, but it comes from the old customs and traditions of Europe where the servants, there's a lot of different explanations for it, but one is there's a custom that they were given a Christmas box, which was some sort of uh, box of gifts. And they were given December 26 to go and be with their families because, of course, on December 25th, they had to stay and serve the, the royal family or the, you know, the wealthy family. Um, think of Downton Abbey, okay? It's the people in the basement, all right? The people in the basement get the day after Christmas off because on Christmas Day they're all dressed up like penguins taking care of the rich folk, all right? That's Boxing Day. You box this stuff up and you thank those folks. I'm glad we don't celebrate this silly holiday because I I wouldn't even know where to begin. But I tell you what I was aware of yesterday, and maybe it's the last two years that did this to me. I was aware that even though it was Christmas Day and it was a Saturday and we were off, There's a lot of people, some of you, you didn't have yesterday off. Crime doesn't take a day off. Emergencies don't take a day off. People who aren't well, sickness, that doesn't take a day off. And so there are people who work. There are people who serve on Christmas Day. Our teachers, our health workers, our doctors, our nurses, our first responders, our police, so many people who serve the defense of our nation and the world. It doesn't take a day off. Many of our frontline people, many who often work on Christmas, and in some traditions that's Christmas Day, the service is there, they're dealing with burnout. Washington Post article said, uh, quotes a Barna survey and says that 38% of Protestant ministers in November of this year, just last month, said that they had considered quitting ministry. And I think this is true for all of these professions because the level of stress in the last two years has risen. Now, one of the things that stood out to me in this article is if 38%, that's over a third of ministers in Protestant traditions are thinking about quitting, then something must be happening in those churches where the people are giving up on something that's not just a profession but maybe even a faith. You see, what I'm trying to tell you is that in 2022, folks, you and I, not clergy laity, not minister in church, But you and I, disciples of Jesus Christ, we're more needed than ever. We're more essential than ever. In the kingdom of God, you are all essential workers. We are all essential workers. And we're needed now more than ever. And this is no time to give up. This is no time to get idle. This is no time to get weary with well-doing. Because we know who writes the last chapter. And we know that it's really good. And here's the thing. It'll happen in a particular time, a date, a location. That's what we know. What we don't know is everything about how good it's going to be. Oh, we've got some glimmers. We've got some previews. But I guarantee you we haven't experienced it yet. And you don't want to miss out. So let's endure. Let's endure. In the words of Paul, who writes this conclusion, May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, and in every way the Lord be with you all. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with. I keep fighting voices in my...